You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your host, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell. I could be moving from my office to being one of those absolute degenerates that smells like moldy cheese and death. And national recruiting analyst, Adam Gorney. Grover isn't around as much, but uh, Oscar the Grouch is still around a lot. Elmo has taken a prominent role. I mean, he's like the main character. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Godfather and Gorney podcast. My name is Dave Barry, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. Guys, there's plenty plenty to talk about in college football right now, so we're going to get right into it. Obviously, the situation at Ohio State, um, lots of questions surrounding the program about what's going to happen with Urban Meyer. So, Mike, I'll start with you. Um, you know, I, I, there's a lot here to kind of dissect, but um, does it have an impact on recruiting as it stands right now, or um, is, is that kind of at a standstill until we kind of figure out what's going to happen there? Um, we've seen a few kids sort of reopen their recruiting or get rid of their top five list. Just a couple. Nothing crazy yet. It will affect recruiting the longer it goes. I guess I, I, I believe they want to finish this investigation within the next 14 days. Um, so I don't see, you know, a long, long-term effect. Uh, if he is terminated, recruiting is going to take a big hit because he's uh, the best recruiter in football, and that includes Nick Saban. So, you know, he changed the Big Ten. He changed the way the Big Ten recruits. Uh, he obviously did a great job at Florida, and we'll get into his resume and all that other stuff in a bit. But um, right now I've seen a couple kids – sort of change their list or, or, or not change their list or drop Ohio State, but just sort of say, well, I'm more wide open than I was before because they want to see what's going to happen too. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting situation because, you know, they want a full investigation. There's an independent board, but they're confident they can get this done in 14 days. What if it takes 21? What if it takes a month? There, There's a lot that goes into this and setting a timetable for 14 days seems strange. Um, I don't want to be one of those cynics that thinks he's definitely gone or should be gone, and um, I want to keep an open mind through the investigation. If he didn't know what happened in 2015, which is hard to believe that he wasn't told and didn't tell the, the proper the people and kept him on staff, there are just still a lot of questions about exactly who he told, when he told them, how he told them, how they documented it, um, all of those things. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting thing. I can't see a situation where a school like Ohio State keeps him. Um, it's just incredibly bad PR. It will never go away. It will constantly be a thing this entire season. Um, he admitted lying to the media, which isn't a crime by any stretch, and coaches, I would imagine, do it quite often. Um, but in a situation like this where there's domestic abuse invo- involved, at least alleged domestic abuse, repeated domestic abuse from 2009, 2015, and 2017 when he finally got fired. I just can't see a situation where they, they keep him. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, it's tough to predict because we don't know everything. You know, what do we know? Um, I know on this side of the, uh, the side of the country, Steve Adazio came out and said he was aware of the 2009 incident at Florida and you know, that's sort of damning a little bit as well because, I don't know, there's just a history here. Uh, 
repeated domestic abuse or accused domestic abuse, again, alleged domestic abuse. Um, but with the photos, you know, we've all seen and all that other stuff, what do you do with that information? And then in the culture we're in today, um, you're weighing a legendary coach who's going to keep Ohio State in the hunt for a national championship every year um, versus a very serious topic and issue, especially in the culture we're in now. Um, and the drop-off from Urban Meyer to the next coach, you know, we talked about, uh, well, we haven't talked about, but it's been talked about with Matt Campbell and some guys like that, is huge. It's absolutely huge. I mean, you cannot replace this guy. Um, you know, we've sort of tried to prepare ourselves for what's going to happen and be ready, you know, with reaction and all that stuff. And I, I started thinking about, okay, you know, when Jim McElwain was fired or, or left on his own, whatever you want to call it, stuff like that, like who would be next and could he be replaced? And I think I've done a ton of those, you know, especially with all the guys last year that ended up getting fired. Um, you know, you can't replace Urban Meyer. You just cannot. Uh, and, and the question is, what else could he have done? Um, he had learned of the, now we know he, has, he had learned of the 2015 incident whether it was through Shelly, his wife, who had been talking to Courtney Smith, and we saw those text messages, and if he properly went to the athletic director and the president of the university, no charges were filed, Zach Smith was not arrested, um, what exactly was the expectation here, to fire him um, and then face a wrongful termination suit? Um, I think there are arguments on both sides of this. I don't think it's as clear-cut um, as it has been with other situations in the past and it's a very it's very murky waters about exactly what the football coach of a university is responsible for if someone accuses one of his assistant coaches of something and then is no charges are filed against that person um, how exactly should that be handled other than going to the principals at the university and, and alerting them th that this is a situation obviously um, Urban had some sort of sense that this was an issue um, to, to tell people at the university if that actually happened um, and then to fire him in 2017 uh, Zach Smith said in his ESPN interview that Urban told him that he's done if he if he hit her and that very much sounds like something Urban would say th those words so um, this is these are still very murky waters exactly what I think what happened in 2015 and who Urban told or didn't tell is going to be very important here but from a PR perspective and you know people out with their pitchforks they're not going to want to care and this is going to be a continued problem I think for Ohio State even if Urban comes out and says he's not taking questions on it I don't think it's going to, to matter much. Sounded a whole lot like a Joe Paterno speech you just gave there. <laughs> I've heard the same exact thing come out of Adam Gorney's mouth reporting to superiors and what a coach is responsible for, what a coach knows, what a coach doesn't know, all that stuff. Um, I don't know. There's parallels. You know, it's not the same situation, certainly. But um, I don't know. I, I think the head coach is responsible for everything. That's just life. You know, if you own – I watch a lot of Bar Rescue. Do you watch – Oh, nice. Okay, do, yes, do you watch yes. Bar Rescue? Okay. I do not, no. What? Dave Barry, do you watch Bar Rescue? I have no idea what that is. Oh, my God, you guys suck. 
So there's this guy <laughs> named John Taffer, and he goes, it's like Kitchen Nightmares for bars. Oh, okay. All right? So he goes in, and he finds everything that's disgusting and everything that's been done wrong, and he yells and screams, and he throws food, and it's the same show every week, but I love it. Um, by the way, on Sundays on uh, Paramount Network, they have run uh, Bar Rescue all day and all night, so you might want to start checking it out, but... Who does he always blame in that show? If anybody's watched that show other than me, it's the owner, you know, and, and who's the owner? The owner of the football program is the head coach. It's not the athletic director. The athletic director is overseeing tons of teams and, and you know, different things. Um, it seems like Urban tried to throw his athletic director under the bus a little bit, tried to backtrack. Yeah. I mean, I said backtrack on Twitter and people went nuts. He's backtracking. He admitted he lied. He should have been prepared. I mean, you have to be prepared for any question at media day. That's that's your job as a head coach. Well, well, that's the thing, too, that confused me in that statement and makes me wonder what exactly is going on here. Because how couldn't he have been prepared? This happened in 2015. Uh, he had three years. This wasn't the 2016 media days. This was the 2018. He had three years to be prepared to answer this question. And what exactly did he need to be prepared to answer? If he's telling the truth um, that he knew in 2015 and he alerted the people at the university and and they were handling it and then in 2017 he was fired, what exactly did he, did he need to be prepared to answer? Um, and who at Ohio State is going to lose their job for not preparing Urban Meyer to answer a question yeah, that's, about that's an alleged domestic person. abuser? Yeah, so... Um, yes, that was the sense as Friday went on and I was watching this, that there was a little bit of orchestration going on between Urban Meyer and Zach Smith's ESPN interview came out at the exact time that Urban Meyer released his statement. That is incredible timing. Um, it's either incredible timing or something was going on being orchestrated. Um, and it, it was obvious what was going on there. Um, I'll reserve my opinion. Um, but the, you know, there's a story that's going out there. I don't know what's going on, but for that, for, for the, for Urban Meyer's statement to come out at the exact time that Zach Smith is giving an interview to ESPN seems at least a little suspicious about how this story is being told. Now let's take away the social aspect of everything. Let's take away everything. Just bottom line question. Selfishly. And it's a hard question to ask because, you know, you don't want to take away any of the attention on domestic abuse and stuff like that. But college football without Urban Meyer takes a hit. The Big Ten without Urban Meyer takes a hit. Um, Ohio State obviously takes a huge hit without him. How much do you yeah. think that's a factor in this decision? I don't think it's going to be, honestly. Um you know, I, I used to be of the belief that some coaches were untouchable, and, and, and I just don't think in today's day and age, um, you know, that the president of CBS is being investigated. Harvey Weinstein, who had his own uh, movie company, is being investigated. I just don't think that these universities or movie studios or television stations, they can move on from people, and no one is untouchable anymore. I just don't believe that. Now... Now, do I think that there's a little bit of a culture of let's take everybody down? Yes, I do. But, and, and I don't know exactly how I can communicate 
why Urban Meyer should be fired if he went to the proper authorities and he's, and and no charges were filed against Zach Smith. I think that's a very difficult situation for anybody to be in. Should I be fired if someone alleges someone to my bosses at Yahoo? Should I just be fired before any sort of investigation if any charges aren't filed? I, those are all difficult situations to be involved in. Should Urban Meyer have pushed Zach Smith's firing to Gene Smith, the, the athletic director or the president of the university? Those are all difficult situations to be in. But I do think in today's day and age, he's going to he's going to be either bought out or let go, um, and Ohio State's going to move on. You know, their last, you know Jim Tressel, um, you know was was is gone. And a lot of people thought he might be have a, be a little bit untouchable. I just don't think that universities want this bad PR. They want to move on from these situations, and they'll find another top head coach to take that job. And Ohio State will still be a top five team. So what I do you guys think, think? I don't think they'll be a top five team. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to ask, what do you think was the point of that of his statement? Then do you think he, you know, is just trying to to save his buyout? And he knows that he's gonna gonna be gone, or or because it also kind of pushed blame onto the uh, athletic department, you know, that he he reported it. So if anything, if anybody's to blame, it's them. Yeah, I'm no lawyer, but from what I've read, from what lawyers have said, and Pete Thamel from Yahoo is there and just discuss this with a bunch of lawyers and other people are in town, and it it almost sounds like a lawyer wrote that that the responsibility was not on Urban, that the responsibility was on others, and it was almost language for, for a buyout. Yeah, and he's, he's trying to save uh, he's trying to save his ass. I mean, right. That's, that's, I think that's the point of any statement that would be made right now. Um, you know, I don't think a lot of people knew if they were going to get a statement or not. Um, Mike, do you think he could realistically go to Ohio State and coach on September first, or coach on October first, and, and and not every question for the for the rest of his at least this year is going to be about this? No, it's definitely about this. You know, I mean, it, it's going to be one of those things that that people don't want to go away. You know, right. that's just the way it is. Um, so I don't know. It, it's it's. It's a tough, tough situation overall. Like because who is to blame? How much does the head coach have the responsibility in you know getting rid of somebody? I, I personally think, you know, the head coach has the responsibility to get rid of a staff member if he feels that he's not conducive to the morals and ethics uh, of his staff. Period. That's on the head coach. It's not on the athletic director. It's not on anybody else. So that question is going to be asked over and over again. Like, okay, let's say Urban survives, and the question is going to be, you know, well, why didn't you fire him when you, right. when you, when you knew about it? You admitted you knew about it. Why didn't you take action? And, and it's not just one incident, you know. Uh, who is the coach at Nebraska um, who kept getting the, the DUIs? Um, Keith Williams. I mean, if it was one incident, you you warn and move on. If it's continual incidents, you got to get rid of somebody. Yeah. You know, and, and that's the way it's been. I mean, it, you know, Zach Smith was with, correct me if I'm wrong, he was with Urban Meyer the first time. 
correct? Yep, in Florida in 2009. And he's yep. with Urban Meyer the second time. Yep. And with Urban Meyer the third time. Right. Okay, now with domestic violence, there's no three strikes and you're out. You get one, I think, you know, because it's a he said, she said often. I watch a lot of uh, live PD. Do you guys watch that? <laughs> no. But you're talking about alleged, Mike. You're not talking well, everything's about anything alleged. that are... Everything's alleged. I mean, you have to say alleged because of lawsuits. I don't right. know what goes on in the marriage. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I don't know. You know, I thought about it last night. I'm like, okay, either Zach Smith is a, 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 a wife beater or she's a lunatic. I, I don't know. Right. Do you know? No. Does Urban know? Is is it Urban's responsibility to know? Yeah, but it, if there are charges pressed um, and it's a continual situation, you just get away from it. I don't care how yeah. good the coach no, I is agree or with how that. much like you like the coach. You finally say to him, hey, you know what? Listen, buddy, this is the second, this is the second yeah. time this has happened. I told you back in 2009, if this happens again, you're gone. In 2015, he's gone. Get rid of him. Boom. Right. It's not like right. Ohio State can't go out and get a really good wide receiver coach. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And then, but he let that one go, and then 2017, it was brought to his attention, and he only fired him recently because that one surfaced, and people started asking questions about that. I mean, right. based on what I know, Zach Smith wasn't going to get fired until unless the media dug this up. Right. That's on the head coach. Now, am I saying fire Urban Meyer? No. I mean, you, in your take two today... We've got differing opinions. Kevin Noon from our uh, Ohio State site thinks he's going to coach again um, at Ohio State. I don't. Um, now let me ask you this: Is it, it should Steve Adazio be fired because he knew of the 2009 incident and did nothing about it? Well, should I don't know that he wasn't the head. If you believe, if you coach. believe, if you believe Courtney Smith, every wife of every the, every wife of the assistant coaches at Ohio State knew about this should all of them be fired because they didn't go for come forward see now now I mean this is so what's so interesting about it is <clears throat> at Baylor we're talking about sexual assault on students repeatedly right and I right. think every coach knew about it I think everybody in that athletic department knew about it I think they should all be fired and 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 obviously the whole thing's been blown up this is an incident between a coach and his wife. I think this needs to be handled. I, I don't think every assistant coach that hears about this has the, the responsibility to go to Urban and say, listen, you got to get rid of this guy. So we're a team, right? We've got analysts. You know, let's say I found out somebody on our staff was, you know, doing something like that. I would go directly to the head coach uh, which is not me. People think I'm in charge of everything. I'm not in charge of everything. <laughs> You're the urban of our group. No, I'm not the urban of our group. No, 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 no. I don't know what I am. <laughs> I don't know who I am. But I'm not the urban of our group. But I would go, you know, and, and, and at, as, you know, a member of the staff, if it bothered me, I would go to that particular person and say, hey, this is what's going on. Do what you will. You know, it's up to the guy in charge. Bar rescue, he always goes to the bar owner. The bar owner always blames the waitresses and the bartenders. And then he always <laughs> comes back and he blames the bar owner because the ultimate responsibility for the business is the person who's in charge. Urban Meyer was in charge. It's his responsibility. I don't think Adazio, Adazio wasn't the head coach. Now, should Adazio have hired him 
a temple? Probably not. <laughs> right. It, it should Ohio State have hired him at Ohio State? Probably not. I mean, it sounds like no. there, there were a lot of mistakes being made, um, but that's what happens. I, I just think with the 2015 incident not being addressed and then the 2017 incident not being addressed, that's a big, big problem. Yeah, uh, and, and I just don't think... I just don't think this ind- you know the independent board or whatever will come back with its investigation. I don't know exactly what they're investigating because Urban came out and admitted that he knew about 2015. Um, so we'll see exactly what communications were had, wh- how far this investigation goes, exactly what they're investigating. What are they talking about here? Are they looking at text messages from Urban to Zach Smith in that 2015 time period? Or are they looking... At text messages from Urban to Zach Smith in the last few days. Um, who, I, I don't know exactly what's what's being looked at. Um, yeah, I, I, w- yeah, I will say I didn't think he would be put on administrative leave. That surprised me yeah. a little bit. I thought, and I tweeted this out, I said there was a 0% chance that Urban Meyer was going to be fired. I thought they were going to sweep this under the rug. I did not think yeah. that they were going to put him on administrative leave, go into a 14-day or 20-day investigation or whatever it's going to turn out to be. And I did not think that he was under scrutiny to be fired because I thought it was just an incident of lying to the media, which happens all the time. Right. But, you know, with obviously, you know, social media now and the culture we live in, um, and the outrage, whether it's real outrage, fake outrage, you know, we've all dealt with fake outrage. Um, oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, um, it's hard to tell on, on Twitter and Facebook who's really angry at something and who's just outraged because they think they should be outraged. Um, but I did not think he'd be put on administrative leave. So my only guesstimate based on your article today on Take Two is that this is pretty serious. Uh, you know, when, when cops are put on administrative leave uh, and they investigate a shooting or something like that, you know, more often than not, they're gone. Um, and, you know, I just think that that step itself tells me that they're taking this extremely seriously. Um, they're going to investigate this. And if they come up with the fact that he knew that this was going on and it continued trend, which it clearly was, then they're going to scapegoat him and fire him. Um, you know, selfishly, like I said, as a football fan only, taking away all the social issues involved here, uh, I think college football without Urban Meyer is going to be just, it's, it's just not going to be the same. Um, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, as a football fan, it's 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 really bad. Um, it was fun watching Urban you know, and Jim Harbaugh go at it, and Urban has not lost to Jim Harbaugh, and it's driven people crazy, and he's 73-7 and seven or whatever his record is. It's incredible at Ohio State, and seeing kind of a burgeoning rivalry between Penn State and Ohio State picking up now that James Franklin has that program going in the right direction, and, you know, the Big Ten East was so fun with Penn State, Michigan, Michigan, and Michigan State. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State all in the same division. It was just great to watch, uh, you know, Urban going into the Southeast and getting recruits and being a big-time recruiter and, and all those kinds of things. And, and if all those things go away, 
Um, just simply as a football fan, it's going to be disappointing to see. Yeah, and the thing he did is he changed the way the Big Ten recruited. You know, remember Kyle yeah. Kyle Dotson? Gentlemen's agreement. Right, yeah. all that garbage. Kyle Dotson, he flipped from Wisconsin. Taylor Decker, he flipped from Notre Dame. He came in and he just said, you know what, this is how we do it in the Southeast Conference. I learned very quickly. You're all going to learn from me. And then he went into the Southeast and got guys like Von Bell and, and Joey Boza and Nick Boza and... Benjamin Victor and Johnny Dixon and Trevin Grimes, even though he's back, he's back in Florida now. Sean Wade, uh, Nick yeah. Nick Petit Frere just recently. Tyree Johnson just recently went into Texas. Said, you know what? I'm going to recruit Texas. I'm going to get JT yeah. Barrett. I'm going to get Dondre Wilson. Uh, you know, I'm going to get Jeffrey Okuda and Baron Browning and Kendall Sheffield. I'm J.K. Gonna, Dobbins. It's like yeah. just going to get everybody. Um, you know, that's just the way it works. So Mike Weber was going to Michigan before Urban got involved. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's just the recruiting in the Big Ten used to be so boring. Um, and then he came in and spiced it up. And you know what? James Franklin came to the Big Ten. And I'm not saying he came to the Big Ten because of Urban Meyer, but Jim Harbaugh came to the Big Ten. Um, you know, good coaches have gravitated towards the Big Ten to make it arguably the best division when you're talking about the East. Uh, yeah. And I think Urban Meyer is one of, the, one of the reasons. Not the reason, but one of the reasons. Yeah, Oh, n- no doubt about it. I covered him at Florida, um, and, and I wonder how much of his reputation there where, you know, quite honestly, there were some bad apples on those teams, and there's no doubt about it. Um, you think? I'm not going to bring up names because I, I don't need to deal with that. But everyone knows kind of what was going on there in the pursuit of wins. And I'm not saying that carried over to Ohio State. I'm not saying any of that is happening now. Um, but there is this just level of maybe we'll do what we need to do to win and, and let everything else hang out to dry. But we're uh, we're in a different culture now, um, you know. Andrea Adelson from ESPN wrote a good column that, you know, the, the, the world has changed and Urban Meyer hasn't a little bit. And I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. I'm just saying that things have changed and no one is untouchable. Um, the head of CBS is being investigated. Um, as stupid as it, as it sounds, Bill Cosby was on trial and, and I think convicted of some charges. Uh, there are definitely, there's no, there's nowhere to hide for this stuff now because... It will never end. Did uh, you say follow it was his... stupid that Bill Cosby was on trial? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying that... No, no, You're talking about the parallel is... between Urban Meyer and Bill Cosby. <laughs> I'm just saying nothing is swept under the rug. Everything comes to light. Well, yeah, so... it's because everybody has a voice now and all this other stuff, too. And uh, right. you know, I put out a poll just to see should Urban Meyer be fired or not, and it was 71% said he should be fired. Now, yeah. th- this is how stupid things are, ready? I've got a lot of Ohio State followers, but I've also got a lot of Michigan followers and followers from numerous other team sites and, 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 and team fan bases. Everybody who isn't an Ohio State fan voted that he should be fired. That's just the right. way it works. Um, right. And everybody who is an Ohio State, you know, an Ohio State fan said he shouldn't be fired. That's the way it is. So when I put that poll out, I had so much hatred from Ohio State fans. It's just a simple question. Nobody knows the answer. I don't know. We got take no. two up today. 
right? People are reading it like crazy. They're commenting in my timeline. You know, you're a jerk. You're an idiot. You don't know nothing. <laughs> I don't know anything. I was asked a question. But, and neither does neither do they. That's the that's right. the thing. So I asked. I was asked a question. Now, what about these secret videotapes? I, I don't know anything about secret videotapes. What are we talking about? Didn't you send an email about secret videotapes and quad busting and all this other stuff? And oh yes. So so um, the guy James O'Keefe, who's Project Veritas, who does like a lot of uh, undercover political tapes. I think he taped people from you know the Democratic side of of the issues, uh, talking about you know voter fraud and all kinds of things has now entered the world of sports and he sat down with Xavier Nixon, William Green and Gideon Ajagbe. Remember those three guys from, from the recruiting world? I, I actually remember every one of them and every one of them turned out to be a bust. A bust. So he sat down with those three and uh, talked, you know, there was kind of an undercover camera it seemed like. Um, I don't know if any of them knew that they were being filmed, and they said that there would be these mat drills where people would get choked out, and it would almost be encouraged, and that people would lift uh, so hard until their quads blew out. Um, a jog bay, I, I believe, was injured and was made to hold a weight over his head and walk around, and he became suicidal. Um, and all of this happened at Florida. Now, does that translate to... Here's, here's the other question. Does that translate to this investigation now? What are the parameters of this investigation? Every assistant coach that was on staff, including Florida coach Dan Mullen, was there during that time. Billy Gonzalez was there. John Hevesy, Steve Adazio, Chuck Heater, uh, Charlie Strong was there at that time. Should all of them be responsible for these things? Why don't we just fire Does it everybody? Happen well, that's the, that's what I'm saying. Like you, li we now live in a culture where people want to see things burn down, without proper investigations, without the reality of anything else going on. Um, and so, you know, those videos came out the same day, I believe, that the Urban Meyer story broke. And so, you know, I, I just don't know where this goes. I just don't see how Ohio State can come out. I just don't see how they can come out and say that he he took every proper step and he's going to remain the coach. I just don't see how that's going to happen. And uh, I know Ryan Day very well, and I know this is the last thing that he wanted was to become the interim head coach in a situation right. like this. I mean, he's put in a bad situation. Obviously, he'll be a candidate if they do get rid of Urban Meyer, but um, you know, and they might do the one year interim thing until they do hire a new coach because it's camp has started and you know pretty hard to bring in a new coach in the middle of august but uh right i don't know it's just bad for 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 him as well especially sort of he's a new member of the staff he's only been there a few years and you know just sort of walking into the situation and it's just it's gonna it's gonna play out it's slower than i thought it would be i thought we'd have an answer very quickly, honestly. Uh, so we'll see what they come up with, and we'll be talking about Urban Meyer quite a bit. Um, I've already got, I've already got a reaction. I've already got his uh, eulogy written, so <laughs> it doesn't mean it's going to be actually published or not. But um, some of the things that I was looking at when I was looking back, I mean, 
he did the best recruiting job I've ever seen in my entire life that year that he retired. And then he came back and got Matt Elam, Ronald Powell, Sharif Floyd, Dominic Easley after he announced he was stepping down due right. to health issues. And then he decided you know, a few days later that he was just going to take a leave of absence. And then he started recruiting again. And he ended up getting the, these five-star guys who were all like top 15 players in the country. And <laughs> none of them seemed to care that he was – I mean, Easley was committed to what, Penn State? Yeah, and then he told he told Matt Elam he saw him in a dream playing in a Florida jersey. I thought it was Floyd he saw him in a dream. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe, maybe Floyd. Yeah. It could have been Floyd. Maybe he told the same story to a few recruits. But I think there. Elam flipped from Florida to Florida State or something, right? And then back. And I then think, back, right? so he yeah. flipped him back. Ronald Powell was from California. He kept him on the fold. It was just, it was unbelievable. I, I couldn't believe that he was able to do that. And, and then when you look at his... His classes, uh, what's the number? He's never finished below number 11 ever in a full yeah. full recruiting class. Now, he was 15th in the country when he took over for Ron Zook, so that's his lowest ranking ever. But that, that was partially Zook's class, partially his class. Um, 10 of 11 straight recruiting cycles, he was in the top 10. I yeah, mean, that's incredible. It's just ridiculous. And, and then you look at the numbers at Ohio State. His first class was number four. Then he was number two. Then he was number three. Then he dipped all the way down to number nine. Then he was number three again, then number two again, and then number two again. I mean, Ohio State was recruiting well, but never to this level. I mean, the guy's just a, he's a magician. And everybody loves to call him Urban Liar because of the way he recruits and, and gets you know kids and closes on everybody. Um, I guess they can officially call him that now because he did get caught in a lie and <laughs> admitted that he was alive. But I, I'll tell you what, I've never seen anybody recruit like him. Been doing this for 20 years. Uh, Pete Carroll, you know, was up there as a great recruiter. Nick Saban, obviously, up there as a great recruiter. But if you had to ask me who the greatest recruiter in college football was and is, it's Urban Meyer, period, hands down. Yeah. Um, and at two at two schools too. Well, and the other thing is, too, I mean, the big drop-off is going to be in recruiting. You know, I don't care who they hire. I mean, who, who could they possibly get that could replace him? Name, Bob Stoops. Name a name. Bob Stoops is not going to take the Ohio State job. I mean, Bob Stoops could not recruit to the level of Urban Meyer at Ohio State. No way. Especially yeah, after sort no. of stepping down. There's going to be a lack of trust. That's the thing about Urban Meyer was amazing. Even though he stepped down twice... He still was able to recruit those ridiculous classes at Florida. Then he comes back and resurrects at Ohio State, and everybody forgets that he quit, and he gets those classes at Ohio State. I, I don't think well, Stoops was, could do that. That was the re- the story, you know, when Urban left Florida, that it was in shambles, and the players were running the locker room, and you know, all those kinds of things. And and Florida has been has gone through two coaches since he's been gone. Now on to their third to try to rebuild that program i wonder if a similar thing will happen at ohio state where there will be a lengthy period of time years until you know they get back to national prominence florida has absolutely fallen off in the sec east under will muschamp and jim McElwain. i think they'll be back under dan mullen um you know but mullen is from that meyer coaching tree so uh we'll see we'll see how ohio state plays out 
you know, everybody's talking about Matt Campbell. It, would people be thrilled with Matt Campbell as their coach or no. PJ Fleck or no? You know that that that's a con, that's a considerable drop off from what we're talking about. Right. Anybody would be. Let's stop talking about Urban Meyer. We've gone okay a half hour on Urban Meyer. Let's that's talk nice. about Jalen Hurts and how we, I think, disagree a little bit in the way he handled the coaching situation. I mean, not the coaching situation, the way the quarterback battle is being handled. Um, he was honest, and I'm always the one who gets upset with canned answers and <laughs> guys who, you know, just tell you what you want to hear even though you know. And for some reason, I didn't like his honesty. I think he hmm. should have just kept quiet, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm weird, but uh, in this situation, it be that. It, it, it just be quiet. Just be quiet. Battle for the job. If you don't win the job and you want to transfer, transfer. Just be quiet. Yeah, I just don't understand the point of when he did it and the timing. It it almost sets himself up to to be not incredibly liked in in the coaching room. Um, there's there's no reason to come out and say what he said when he did. Um, I do appreciate as someone who's who covers this stuff, you know, honesty and a forthright answer. And we always complain when you know he could have come out and said, "I love Tua," and whoever wins the job, I I fully support and. Um, just the timing of it seemed a little bit strange. It's almost like he has a feeling that he has absolutely no chance to win this job, and now he's just going to come out and say whatever he damn well pleases because he knows he's not going to play anymore at Alabama. We'll probably be out of there, and then we'll be a quarterback maybe for a grad year or whatever one in another place. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't see how this benefits him or, or the conversation at all, really. And here's Nick Saban to the media, ready? You guys are totally fixated on who has to be first team and who is second team. Why? I'm like, could you have a lesser understanding of the media than Nick Saban has? No, he has a he has an incredibly good, you know, understanding of it. He just acts like he doesn't, so he doesn't really have to answer any questions. I mean, come on. What else are we going to be yeah. focused on? I mean, yeah. it's just so I, that annoys me to no end. Is like. Why? Don't ask stupid questions. It's like Belichick right. does the same stupid thing. It's yep. like, well, why do you care what Tom Brady's injury is? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a journalist and a writer, and I have to kind of like write about that because people want to know about it. Like, you, you just, just, just be quiet. So I think everybody should be quiet at Alabama. Just shut up, everybody. That's my thing. We all know. I mean, we all know how this is going to play out, right? Yeah, Tua's going to win the job. Jalen Hurts yeah. is going to transfer. I mean, we all know this. Exactly. And it should be him setting himself up to be, like, you know, a, a, a victim, so to speak, or, like, you know, oh, poor Jalen. Hero, yeah. You know, right. he had to transfer, and they didn't talk to him, and they didn't give him hugs and all this other stuff that they're supposed to give him. They're not required to give you hugs. They're not required to ask you about your feelings and all that other stuff. They're required to figure out who the best option is to start on Saturdays when the fall comes around. That's it. So I don't know where you want to go, where you're going to get big hugs, but let me tell you, if you didn't learn through the recruiting process when they kissed your butt like crazy to get you to Alabama yeah. and then they treated you like a garbage piece of fr piece of garbage as a freshman, even though you were the starter, uh, you know, all freshmen get treated like garbage. Um, if you didn't learn that coaches lie and they don't really give a crap about your feelings, 
um, you're not going to learn it at the next school you go to, wherever that is. So, right. so yeah, Tua is going to be the guy. Jalen's gone. And again, I'm such a hypocrite because I'm just a horrible person. I mean, I'm just an absolute horrible person. I want honesty. I want honesty, and then when I get honesty, I, I slam it. Yeah, you don't want it. No. Yeah. So what kind of jerk does that? Dave Barry, you're a nice person. What kind of jerk does that? Could you psychologically analyze me, please? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm really excited to use your your soundbite of, I'm just a terrible, horrible person. I'm going to use that in in, in the next opening. (laughs) (laughs) I really am. I mean, it's just awful. Try living with me. (laughs) You can't live with yourself when you're like this. It's, It's horrible. Everything makes me angry. (laughs) <laughs> of course we have rankings meetings this week so that that's really what's oh that'll be yeah that'll ramp things up uh, to it last time we had rankings meetings i went off <laughs> i just went off i won't say on who but i just lost my stuff it was great so all right let's stop talking about jalen hurts and let's go to the amazing nfl draft stuff we're putting out which seems to be before anybody else uh, yeah, we have, you know, first in market. That's that's the way to win market. the game. So the offensive stuff, obviously, a lot of people chimed in on that. Um, you know, how could you have this guy at number one at this particular position? It was an interesting discussion over the offensive tackles, you know, uh, and, and especially at the quarterback position. And then Damian Harris being number one over Bryce Love got a lot of reaction as well. And that's not why we're writing it. I really do believe Damian Harris is more built for the NFL. I think he's the type of running back that you see, the Mark Ingram type that has success there. And Bryce Love might not be, he might be worn out. I mean, the poor guy, by the time he gets to the NFL. (laughs) Um, But today we got the defensive tackles. And, you know, I will say there were a couple that that I had trouble leaving off. Well, Well, one for sure was Derek Brown, who I love. As yeah, a football player, tough. Auburn guy, you know. But the thing with it is the, the the NFL wants guys who can get after the passer. Now, I put Raquan Davis on there. He can't get after the passer. He's a six foot seven monster who just is athletic, but can you know he can clog up the middle and he can push the pocket. Dexter Lawrence is similar, not a not a natural pass rusher, but Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins, Draymond Jones. Those are guys that can rush the passer like defensive ends. And Derek Brown is more of that, you know, run-plugging, you know, shoot-the-gap type of guy, make a play in the backfield in the run game, but not exactly uh, get after the passer. So I think this also list is, this list is going to change quite a bit, and I guarantee you Derek Brown will be there in the end because I absolutely love him. Um Tomorrow we're doing the defensive ends, led by two Big Ten guys, Nick Boza and Rashawn Gary. You can find out who's first there. Um, and then Cleland Farrell uh, from Clemson. Joe Jackson and Brian Burns, two Florida kids, uh, also on that list. It's really top-heavy a defensive end to me. Um, defensive tackle, it's, it's, it's like quarterbacks last year. Defensive tackle is going to be like quarterbacks. But the defensive line overall, Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Nick Boza, Rashawn Gary, it is like quarterbacks last year. It is going to be amazing to see seven or eight of those guys at least go in round one. Linebackers were tough. Uh, Devin White is clearly the number one guy out of LSU. Montez Sweat, Josh Allen, Trey Lamar, Devin Bush all have question marks. Um, 
And then DB was tough, too, because Greedy Williams and DeAndre Baker are clearly the top two. And then after that, it's sort of Trayvon Mullen's good. Got a lot of upside. Julian Love, Lucas Dennis. It's it's difficult, and I don't think it's a great elite defensive back class. So, But, again, we're so far away from the draft. Uh, but if you like draft stuff, if you're a nerd like we are, check out Rivals. Speak for yourself, Mike. You're a complete nerd. Um, check out Rivals. By the way, we're doing this podcast early. I'm so tired. now. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, well, because Gorney's alone with the baby today because he can't get his wife in check. What's she doing today? <laughs> uh, she has a conference that she must attend for two days. Oh, so. God. Yeah. Don't you make enough money where she could just be a kept woman and not work? Do you understand what it costs to live in California? It's like I heard it's like seventy four percent higher than most every place in the world. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have a discussion about that with with my bosses. Yeah, good luck. Let me know. Do you do you think uh, all four Clemson defensive linemen get our first round draft? No, picks? I don't. Who do, who doesn't make it? Austin Bryant. Yeah, I don't think he's a first rounder. I think uh, the, the d- two defensive tackles, and Wilkins could be drafted as an end. He's played end. We've seen him play end. He could play end. He could play tackle. <clears throat> Dexter Lawrence, Clint, Fett, Clint Farrell, all those guys, if they stay healthy, are first-rounders. I don't see Bryant being a first-rounder. He gets a lot of he gets a lot of Clean up. attention, and, and, and his stats are so great because he's playing with such an amazing defensive line. But I don't think he's on the same level as those other guys. If you if the NFL draft was tomorrow, does Rashawn Gary go first? Is that Oliver? Does Christian Wilkins? I think Nick Boza goes first. Nick Boza, yeah. Yeah, I think the Boza thing. Watching how his brother's developing, I think they're just going to say, "Hey, why not take the sure thing?" We know he's going to be a freak like his brother. Rashawn Gary, we haven't seen break out yet. Christian Wilkins, there's some question marks about Christian Christian Wilkins. I don't know what they are. I mean, mm. I think he's a top five pick for sure, but I've seen, you know, uh, other uh, people and I've talked to some scouts who say, yeah, maybe he's this 10 to 15 guy. I'm mm. not sure what they're missing there. He doesn't, he does not a staff stuffer at all, but no. man, he frees everybody else up. Um, the big debate's going to be whether it's Dexter Lawrence or Christian Wilkins goes first. That's going to be interesting because they're completely different players to me. Um but I think it's going to be a heavy, heavy defensive line draft. Um, I like I like the running backs. I like the offensive line as well. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of offensive linemen taken too. So, but that's not till next yeah. April. So people don't it's, care. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to not take Jonah Williams as your first offensive tackle. Yeah, but Greg, Greg Little's really so good. Destroy people. Yeah, I know. Greg Little's awesome too. And he's and more Trey Adams. He's more athletic. Trey Adams has yeah. to answer the injury question, you know, come back and show everybody how great he is. But yeah, those three guys are surefire first rounders. And and I think the and, last few offensive line classes have been pretty weak in the draft. So I think it's it's gonna be a big year for offensive line. And I and I'm sorry to say this, but uh, you know, Dealing with Pac-12 edge rushers is a completely different ball game than dealing with SEC ones. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely is an advantage to the SEC, and I think scouts know that, and they won't admit it, but certainly, you know, they, they want those. I think Big Ten as well, Yeah. you know, um, just because they're, they're just generally more physical. 
And ACC is not no slouch. I mean, Mitch Hyatt is no. a very good offensive tackle, and he could go in the first round as well. I mean, we could see as many five, as many as five offensive tackles going round one. So um, that's the fun part about it, though. Uh, you know, and again, these lists are so early. I remember, you know, Brad Kaya was the number one pick in the NFL draft one year. And, right. And Christian... Uh, Hackenberg was in a moment pick in the NFL draft. And, and years ago, Matt Ryan was like 35th at the quarterback list, you know, yeah. at the beginning of the process and then ended up being the first quarterback taken. So you just don't know. It's going to change. We haven't even played it down in football. Um, but uh, doing the draft stuff is, is certainly fun. It's a lot more fun than following the Urban Meyer situation. Um, it is. It, it is fun. And it's fun to see how our projections turn out. And sometimes they're right and sometimes they're, they're vastly wrong. But that's part of the game and it's, and it's fun just to debate it. They're always right. I said Vernon Hargraves would suck in, in these socks. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Was that a cat? Yes, it was. Ah. It's time to wrap this, this show up, I think. Yeah, I think that was the cat that said it's time to end this awful podcast. Enough's enough. All right, Dave. Well. On that note, I'll wrap it up. Uh, You can find us on Twitter at RivalsMike, at Adam Gorney, and at RealDaveBerry. We will see everybody again next week.